some people believe that the only attribute or character trait that God has is his love. The only love that God has, they say, is that he loves everybody. Welcome to Connections with Rich and Bobby. Hi, this is Rich, Rich Homeris. And I'm Bobby, Bobby Hamlin. We're talking over a new topic with Bible teacher and pastor Joe Jackowitz. Pastor Joe is the president of First Love Ministries and the pastor of Christ Bible Church in Pleasanton, California. We're looking at what the Bible has to say about God's love for us as believers, as well as non-believers, the world. We're looking at one of the most well-known verses in the Bible. It's John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, as we look at this verse, we think throughout history, there have been a lot of evil people who've existed and that have committed dreadful atrocities to mankind. But here we're told that God so loves the world. So how should we interpret this? Does God love everyone? Well, this is the most interesting question. One of the most controversial questions that Christians discuss. We often mm-hmm. hear people say that God loves you or God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. But people who say this don't differentiate between the different kinds of God's love. There is not just one kind of God's love. It would be like me saying to you, Bobby, Bobby just has one feature or one aspect about her personality. She's always joyful. And that's it. Whenever we talk to Bobby, that's it. All we get is joy, 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 joy. She's never sad. She's never melancholy. She's never depressed. She's never in a a neutral mood. She's always joyful. Well, the same is true with God. Some people believe that the only attribute or character trait that God has is his love. And that the only love, when we look within the boundaries of the love of God itself, the only love that God has, they say, is that he loves everybody. Well, we have to differentiate between the different kinds of love that God has. And it is not biblical to say that God loves everybody, because it depends on what kind of love we're talking about. When we look at the concept of the love of God in Scripture, we see distinctions that have to be made. In the Bible, we see a couple of types of love of God. There's the love of benevolence, the benevolent love of God, where God shows his mercy and kindness to the whole world on a certain level and in a certain way. This is seen in the way in which God provides food and the basic necessities for everybody. The most wicked God-hating people in the world usually end up with food on their table, a job, clothes on their back, a roof over their head. Why does that happen if they hate God so much? Why doesn't God just pour fire and brimstone down on top of their heads? Well, that's because of the general love of God. We call that common grace, where God's common grace or common love is demonstrated to everybody Uh, in the way in which he provides for them, even though they don't deserve it. And God even provides for the animals. And so these acts of kindness are rooted in God's love. We also see his love shown towards everyone universally in his great patience and forbearance in putting up 
with the sins of those who defy him and rebel against him and by not giving them what they deserve. This is a form of the love of God, God's patience and forbearance in not judging and punishing the wicked right when they deserve it. We read in Psalm 103, verses 8 through 10, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. So God's benevolent love, his common grace, comes to everybody. And God displays his goodness universally in one form or another. The rain falls upon the just as well as the unjust. And so that universal dimension of the love of God is manifest. But usually when we, we're talking about the love of God in popular language, what we're really talking about is that special love that God has for his son and all those who are in his son and who are adopted into his family. The problem is, when we talk about God loving everybody universally, that kind of talk borders on blasphemy, according to the Bible, because God does not love the whole world in the same way that he loves his children. He told his disciples in the Gospel of John, I came not for the world, but for them whom thou hast given me out of the world. He prayed to the Father. In fact, the scriptures tell us that there are many ways in which God is at enmity with the world. He hates the world, it says. He hates those who are swift to shed blood, we read in Psalms. And his anger is on the wicked every day. He shows the wicked love in, in, in a limited way in terms of his provision for their needs and his restraint in holding back his judgment upon them, but he does not love the wicked in the same way in which he loves his children. We're hearing from Pastor Joe Jackowitz, the president of First Love Ministries and pastor of Christ Bible Church in Pleasanton, California, on the topic of God's love. And we'll return to our talk with Pastor Joe, Joe Jackowitz, in just a moment. So do stay with us. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to connect with you. You can go to our website at Connections with Rich and Bobby. That's all one word, and Bobby is spelled with an I, dot com. You'll find all of our podcasts there, along with our contact information. Also, you can connect with us on social media by friending us on Facebook, Post on Instagram, tweet us on Twitter, or tune us in on Pandora. Now, let's return to our talk with Pastor Joe, Joe Jackowitz, on the topic, God's love. When we hear preachers stand up and say that God loves everybody unconditionally, we should say, wait a minute, then why does God call us to repent? Why does he call us to come to the cross? and to trust in Christ. If God loves everybody unconditionally and universally, then you could do whatever you want and believe in whatever you want. It's just not true that God loves everybody unconditionally. He placed an absolute condition by which he requires all people everywhere to repent. He doesn't just invite people to accept his son. He commands all men everywhere to repent of their sin and to come to Christ. And if you want to enjoy the love that God has for his children, then you have to be in Christ. 
The Bible teaches this very, very clearly. In John 6, 37 through 39, we see the special love, the redemptive love of God that he has for his children. Unsaved people are not recipients of this redemptive love. We call it special revelation that God shows to his children. And then there is general revelation whereby God bears witness with everybody in the world through our conscience and through the creation and through the word of God that he is God. And through that general revelation, that is a form of love where he reveals truth to them that could lead to their salvation theoretically if they would but trust in Christ and they would follow truth to its destination, which ends at Christ. But that general revelation most of the time does not lead to special revelation, which is God pouring out his redemptive love upon his children. In John six thirty seven, it says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. We learn here that there's a special group of people among the larger group that God has given to Christ. And all those whom the Father has given to Christ will come to Christ, and Jesus will lose none of them. And Jesus will raise them up. He'll raise their bodies up on the last day. That special group of people called believers, called Christians, called the elect, and God saves them. Now, he gives everyone an opportunity to be saved, but only the elect get saved in the end, and only they experience the special love of God. In Ephesians 2, verse 4, we read, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing to the church at Ephesus, and ultimately he's writing to all of us, and he's saying that this great love that he showed to the Ephesian church, and ultimately to all believers, when we were dead in trespasses, he made us, us believers, those who eventually believe, alive together with Christ. He raised us up together and made us sit with Christ in heavenly places. He's referring to the believers. And then in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, he says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So it's very clear from this text that God redeemed his people, this chosen group of people, by the blood of Christ, and he chose them out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation. He didn't redeem everyone, but those who were redeemed out of all these nations and been made into this select group of people, they are the ones who have been made kings and priests and shall reign on the earth. But someone says, well, wait a minute, um, what would motivate me to be saved then if God's only going to save the elect? Well, your focus should not be on who the elect are. Your focus should be on 
can I be saved? Because the promise of God for salvation is to everybody, as we read in Romans chapter 10, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We read the same idea in John 3.16, the text before us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So whoever you are, the Word of God, the invitation to be saved and to be forgiven of your sins comes to you. You need to stop there at the promise of God to save you and not worry about whether or not you're one of the elect or who will be the elect. All you know is that you're desperate enough to be saved, and you need to bank your life, you need to rest your life in that promise that God gives to you and to everybody that he will save you. Oh, how true that is, trusting on God's unfailing promise, as so clearly stated in Romans 10, verse 13, that says, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, yes. Praise God. And we'll be continuing our talk with Pastor Joe, Joe Jackowitz, on our next program. So be sure to join us then and invite others to tune in as well. Yes, important questions that many have. And it's nice to have a place to challenge each of us to search the scriptures. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast. It's free on this platform or any of the others, like iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Also, if you've missed a program or would like to hear the current one once again, or invite others to listen, just go to our website at Connections with Rich and Bobby, all one word and Bobby spelt with an I, dot com. That's Connections with Rich and Bobby, dot com. Also, all of our contact information is there as well. And if you have a smart speaker, you can also listen to us there by simply saying, Alexa, Siri, or Hey Google, play the current episode of the podcast, Connections with Rich and Bobby. Also, you can listen to our podcast on Pandora. And finally, you can connect with us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. This is Connections, connecting with one another as Romans 1 verse 12 says, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So thank you for listening, and remember, tell others and spread the word, God's word. And don't forget to join us next time on Connections with Rich and Bobby. Bobby.